A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And he asked me, he said, do you regret anything? And I said, no, I don't regret anything at all. I just miss them. Welcome to Betrayal. I'm your host, Darren Karp. In today's episode, we have a story of a lost woman who just wants to fit in and falls in love with the most unlikeliest of people. Lovers who break social lines to others cause disgust and shame. Break out your bottles of wine and settle in because this betrayal is likely one you've never heard of before. And who better to have a glass of wine with than my next guest? She is the co-host of the hit true crime podcast, Wine and Crime, and has worked on sexual and gender-based violence issues in the academic and nonprofit sectors. She has an awesome Minnesotan accent. It's the lovely Kenyan Lang. How you doing, Kenyan? Are you embarrassed by my Minnesotan accent? Did I do okay? Um, you know, for a first go of it, you didn't do terrible. Okay. Okay. Um, you gotta channel some more like mom energy. Oh, mom. Yes, mom. Yeah. To yeah. really nail it. Okay. But you're on your way. Great. Okay. Good. So we're on the same page, Kenyon. And we are. Oh, yeah. We are so excited to have you here today. And we have a huge story of betrayal. Welcome to betrayal. And thank you so much for coming on. Well, thank you for having me. So, what kind of projects are you working on these days? And I have to ask uh, because I, I'm an imbiber myself. Do you drink a glass of wine every episode or do you sometimes cheat it? Well, we, I would say that one of the three of us is probably mm. drinking every episode, but sometimes we, we rotate out with the non-alcoholic beverages. Uh, well, that's good. <laughs> I thank you for joining me today. And I'm eager to sort of pour my glass and get started on this episode of Betrayal that will probably have you or me finishing the bottle by the end of it. Let's see how this oh, thing wow. goes. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be one of those shows, but uh, let's get into it. So in the small town of Soap Lake, Washington, everybody knows everybody's business. In this town, those who don't follow societal norms can find themselves kind of lonely and outcast. It was just one of those type of small towns that we've heard about so much. Tracy Nessel was born and raised in Soap Lake, but moved away when she was just 17 years old, which is actually kind of young. Uh, you know, you're, you're mm -hmm. either just ending high school or kind of starting college, but 
17 is a very young age. And the McNamara's, mm-hmm. a celebrated local family, live just outside of town. Now, the McNamara's are affluent. They're well-established. They're a respected family with deep roots in the community. And many in the community of Soap Lake really admired this well-to-do family. The head of the family is a man named Tim McNamara, who is celebrating the wedding of his daughter, Jennifer. And in honor of the occasion, Tim takes the opportunity to invite his niece, Tracy. I arrived at the wedding, and this family's huge. And it's like all these empty seats are around me. No one would sit around me. It was just weird. So I didn't feel very comfortable. So just to give you a little backstory, I mean, the McNamara is really, really prominent. Tracy's related uh, to this family. But when Tracy arrives at the wedding, no one will talk to her or sit near her, despite the very large family. And... You know, it is a little bit interesting here. And the reason I think that no one's really talking to her is she's sort of like the the black sheep of the family. I mean, she was she was born out of not uh, entirely faithful circumstances with her father. And so she's kind of this, for lack of a better term here, a little bit of a stain on the family. And And what I like to always say is definitely blame the child for the father's mistakes. Always. I think that's a good rule in general. It's always the kid's fault for being born. That's how it works, right, right, Kenyon? Okay, cool. Right, exactly. So we're on the same page here as we move forward. That's clear. Uh, Well, as you can imagine, you know, the family not talking to her, her being invited to this family wedding, and no one talking to her, this makes Tracy extremely uncomfortable. And at this point, Tracy's Uncle Tim... Plans of inviting Tracy to the wedding is probably a way to get her back into the family. I think that he feels bad about what his brother has done. Yes. I just don't. I. Okay. So full disclosure, I am actually a secret love child. Oh. No joke. Interesting. Um, So. I have a wedding I want to invite you to. (laughs) (laughs) I have never been invited to any of that family's wedding. In fact, most of them don't know I exist. But, um, yeah, so I have like a, I I may be a little bit more triggered by all this because I can like see myself in Tracy's shoes a little bit on this situation. And I just, I never felt like a deep seated need to get to know that family. Um, But you could understand, I guess, wanting it. Right. I guess some some people need that and really want that. And so they would take the risk of going to um, an uncomfortable uh, social situation. I would have stayed home. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't want to. I am not uh, in that position. Not blaming. Just it does seem a little bit like. But at the same time, keep in mind, this is a small town. She wants Mm -hmm. to fit in. You know, she just wants to be more attached to the McNamara family. I mean, these guys are in good standing in this this town. So I could sort of see maybe wanting to go and hoping for the best. But I understand I probably would have stayed home and avoided it or just attended over Zoom, uh, I guess, now and and avoided the whole thing. Right. You know, this wedding is exciting for her because she's starting to feel a little bit more like she's part of the family. I mean, Tim has sort of opened his home to her. Now, religion plays a role in all of this early family family drama as well. Uncle Tim has strong beliefs being the proud Irish Catholic man that he is. Tracy, on the other hand, didn't really grow up with a strong faith of God. It sounds like she had a little bit more of a secular upbringing. Religion wasn't really a part of it, or at least God wasn't a part of it. 
And all of this created tension within the family as Tracy was disowned by her father earlier in her life and her uncle Tim just wanted to make it right at this point. You know, I mean, imagine for a moment here, Kenyon, sort of spending your whole life trying to have a family, but there are sort of this Mm -hmm. mysterious reasons why you've been disowned. I mean, that has to be, I don't know if you can relate to this. I mean, I know you sort of have this unique perspective, but that just has to be heartbreaking in and of itself for sort of your own family to reject you. It would be really tough to have the one thing that you want and honestly deserve be withheld from you through no fault of your own. Right. And I think that's probably where she's at. And and that's, yeah, that's tough. Right. She didn't choose that. It just happened to be her circumstance in life. After the wedding, Tracy returns back home to North Carolina, where she has three children from a previous marriage and a four-year-old daughter named Kiki with her current partner, Chris. Now, it's difficult for Tracy to adjust back into normal life after the wedding because she found herself developing feelings, strong feelings and emotions for Tim. Even though I didn't know him, it was like the sense of relief fell off of me just being around him. I just remember looking at him and was like, wow. Coming home to be with the kids and to be with Chris again was very difficult because I was having a great deal of emotion towards Tim. Now, remember, technically, Tim is her uncle, but they didn't grow up together. So even though they are related by blood, they didn't have that familial relationship in any sort of way. You know, eventually, Tracy reevaluates her past and future and decides to end her eight-year relationship with Chris and raise Kiki on her own, which is just a massive decision to make based off of one meeting with your uncle. If you're going to end an eight-year relationship after one interaction, maybe there were issues with that relationship to begin with. And two, I would just like to ring the therapy bell if I could. Yes. No, I I, I am a huge proponent of mental health. And yes, I do think probably therapy uh, is the right choice here. Although, you know, it's hard to kind of see it in the moment, especially when you're, you know, uh, I'm a gay woman, and the joke sort of is like, what do lesbians bring on your second date? A U-Haul, because, you know, we fall really quickly, (laughs) right? And we fall really hard. And so I sort of do understand that. Like, I do understand Mm -hmm. that sentiment. And I'm sure part of her, and I'll say lust at this point, because I do think that that's kind of what it is. I do think part of the lust, though, is how how secure Tim made her feel and how a part of everything he made her feel. You know, I mean, he's just kind of another man at this point. He's not her uncle. I mean, he is by blood, but he's not her uncle in her mind. She didn't grow up with family moments with him to kind of garner this. So I have a feeling it's a little bit of mixture of maybe attraction and maybe a feeling of being wanted by a family that's rejected you. I think that there are some... Very obvious, like, father figure issues going yes. on. And so, like Good you point. said, wanting that safety and that security and maybe seeking that out in not just an older man, but an older man who literally is supposed to be your family and is even more of the patriarch of a family That's than your point. own actual biological father, I think is probably what's going on here. But she just hasn't been able to unpack that. Yeah. 
time goes by and Tracy hasn't seen Tim since the wedding. But later she heads back to Washington State to visit her family and reconnect with her uncle. It's here where Tracy finds herself thinking more and more about the relationship that she's sort of creating with Tim. And during the visit, while the two are catching up, Tim confesses that he tried to take his own life, but credits Tracy for having saved his life. And I just want to pause here on that point because I think that's a really important kind of note here as we further get into the story. So I don't want to bury the lead here a little bit, but, you know, he obviously is struggling mentally and Tracy... For better or for worse, you know, he's a he's a pretty pious man. He seems very religious. But for better or for worse, this sort of awkward and maybe taboo relationship really saved him. And I, and I don't want that to kind of go unnoticed here. And later that same day, Tracy stops by again to talk. And once she arrives, she can already feel the sense of nervousness within the both of them. When I came to see Tim that evening, I was worried because I didn't know what was going to happen. It was very difficult and emotional, you know. Was it right? Was it wrong? I think part of it with the family thing and with the emotion thing, but I think part of it is like things tend to be a little bit sexier when they're forbidden. And even if it's wrong, they do tend to have this allure Mm -hmm. to them, right? Yes. I do kind of want to circle back to what Tim said about – contemplate suicidal ideation and yeah. and you know contemplating dying by suicide and and that Tracy even though they've had so few interactions in person is is quote unquote the reason he's still alive i just feel like that is an immense amount of pressure to put on someone um and could be Manipulation, even if in Tim's mind that is true, that could be some uh, manipulative behavior on his part, even subconsciously. And it also is like probably such a serotonin boost to just, you know, for Tracy to just feel so needed by somebody. I think that's a really interesting and a very good point. It's sort of like a manipulation on maybe both their parts. Like she's ready to kind of be manipulated because she wants right. to have this feeling. Even if it wasn't the intent to manipulate, I do think like you have to kind of wonder what Tracy was thinking when she when she hears that. And I'm sure it was nice to hear that, that someone kind of wanted mm-hmm. her so bad that he is willing to kind of live for her. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's it just... It, it kind of makes her this her own hero in maybe a sort of way into her own story. And Tim tells Tracy that something in him just wants to look after her and it feels right to be together, which I can only imagine is music to Tracy's ears, considering everyone left and right in her family has been trying to abandon this woman since she's been born. And here's a guy who just wants to spend his life doting on her. He says mm-hmm. that he just wants to protect her. And then he knows deep down inside she's a McNamara and there's no changing that. Tracy feels like she waited her whole life for these exact words to come out of his mouth. Finally, she's a McNamara. Tracy feels confident and protected by Tim at this point, with Tim telling her that everything was going to be okay. And that night, the inevitable happened. Tracy and Tim, her biological uncle, slept together. But despite the confusion about whether it was right or wrong, Tracy recalls the following morning being the hardest day of her life. Boy, that was a really tough, tough morning. (laughs) It was a big challenge, a big concern. I think I had more difficulties with the uncle and niece 
concept than he did. And you know, Kenyon, the pain in her voice, the shakiness of her voice here is kind of so palpable. You can only imagine what's going through her mind as she has to remember this absolutely insane scenario unfolding. It's sort of all out of control. She kind of knows it's wrong, but doesn't feel like it's wrong. And sometimes it's really hard. The battle between head and heart is sometimes the hardest of all. Mm -hmm. Of course. And I think she's pretty brave for talking about this publicly. Uh, At the same time, I don't want to, you know, encourage any kind of these behaviors because as somebody who has worked with victims of domestic violence and, and other forms of sexual violence and abuse, like Tim's behavior is has a, a lot of red flags for me. Yeah, I, I think it does in a lot of ways. And considering he's sort of the authority figure here, I mean, he's the older guy, he's got the mm-hmm. reputation, he has a lot of the power, as we would mm-hmm. sort of say, even, even if it's emotional power. And, you know, shame is actually a really good point because I think shame can be really isolating. And I think it mm-hmm. it makes me wonder, is anyone in her ear at this point? Does she have any friends, family, mm-hmm. even, even extended family that's kind of guiding her one way or another? Because her knowing that it's sort of really wrong to sleep and have a relationship with your uncle, if she's not telling anyone, then that just might further, like, make her go inside herself and then only rely on Tim for, like, these touch touchstone Absolutely. conversations. So it's, it's a really bad kind of circuit that's kind of happening here. But Tim comforts Tracy by saying it's okay, as he spoke about scriptures from the Bible where uncles had married their nieces and kings were given their cousins as wives— uh-huh. I personally just want to make a PSA that's saying, like, maybe the Bible isn't the best piece of no. scripture to run a family, considering there's a lot of negativity in the Bible. But that's just me, can you? <laughs> there's a lot, there's a, a lot, lot in lot the Bible that things. is not what we would consider good or healthy Correct. in modern times. Uh, so take that with a massive grain of salt. <laughs> yes. And also... Uh, if we if we rang the therapy bell right now, I don't know. I want to hit like the grooming buzzer. Yes, if, if that's a thing, like he is grooming her. Yes, and he's also trying to make so many excuses of like, well, you know, God would allow this, so we're okay. Right. Although the two know what they're doing is wrong, they still have a hard time staying away from each other. Which, you know, is that alone, it's it's just a trope in general of just young love, I think, Mm -hmm. even for a lot of high schoolers. But despite all these mental challenges, Tracy ultimately makes a decision that shapes her future. Of course, everything had changed that night. I knew what society felt about it. So I knew it was going to be very, very difficult. And I made a decision to stay together no matter what would happen, and nothing would change it. And over the next few months, Tim and Tracy are careful to hide their forbidden relationship from the rest of the world. She knows that there's going to be a lot of judgment here. Tracy ultimately returns back home to North Carolina while Tim continues to live in Washington. They communicate through the phone and emails all the time and continue to keep their relationship very private, knowing it's just not going to be accepted in the public. And at this time, Tim's children, Caleb and Jennifer, begin to notice a change in their father. They know he's involved with someone, but not specifically who it is. You know, their cousin Tracy, obviously. And at this point, Tim is already on his third divorce. He has a list of failed relationships in the past. 
And honestly, his children at this point are just happy to know that he's falling in love again. And again, they are not realizing it's Tracy here. So eager to find out who their father is dating, Caleb and Jennifer begin their own investigation and begin to look through his personal belongings, which I also don't really recommend unless you feel like someone's life is at risk. Like, you got to have trust. This is just a red yeah. flag all of, all all around, right? Like, I, stay out of people's shit. Unless, like you said, unless you think someone's life is really in danger and there's like an actual uh, noble purpose to it, I just can't see this going well. Well, case in point, when they go through their dad's emails, they see the email where Tim had told Tracy he was madly in love with her. So cat's out of the bag. And when Caleb and Jennifer found out You know, as you can imagine, their father was sexually involved with their cousin. It's just utterly shocking to them. And okay, Kenyon, you better crack open a bottle of wine because the story is going to get a little bit more wild. I mean, more. Good thing this podcast is called Betrayal because it is vomiting everywhere all over this episode. (laughs) And Jennifer is beyond disturbed by the revelations and gives her dad an ultimatum. Either choose Tracy or choose his children and grandchildren. So, You know, Jennifer's kind of holding her children hostage and saying, like, you can't be a father and you can't be a grandfather here if you if you Mm -hmm. stay with Tracy. Normally, I would say withholding grandchildren from a grandparent based on issues between, uh, you know, the parents and grandparent is generally probably not a healthy thing to do. But in this case, because it is an issue of uh, uh, an illegal sexual relationship between family members, I could understand Jennifer being like, I don't want you around my children until you figure your shit out. And even if it is illegal, you know, it's, I think the question here even more so than that is not even just like, oh, they're doing something illegal, but that it feels unethical. Yeah, exactly. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. As Tim and Tracy's relationship grows more serious, Tracy and her daughter Kiki spend more time at the McNamara Ranch. Tracy's mother, Colleen, eventually also finds out about the time that Tracy is spending with her uncle, Tim. And when she found out that it wasn't just a family visit, that she was having a serious, hot and heavy relationship with her uncle, Tim, Colleen's first reaction was to keep Kiki away from getting involved. I mean, there's no way a child that age can understand the dynamics that are going on right now and like all they can understand is that there is tension in the family and their grandmother is dis you know is arguing with their mother and they're seeing their mother less frequently and it's how can a child that age possibly understand what's going on there right exactly like and and that's really the important point here so i i do feel like tracy wants to be the mother maybe maybe that she never really had and Her mother, Tracy's mom, that is, even goes as far to trying to talk Tracy to get out of the relationship. But Tracy ignores her, saying she's a grown woman and can make her own choices about her own happiness. And a few months into the relationship, Tracy and her daughter Kiki fly to Washington from North Carolina, where Tim takes them on a trip to Yellowstone National Park. And during this time, Colleen, Tracy's mom, takes matters into her own hands. I knew that Tracy would not watch Kiki. And I knew that she was so far gone. I knew there was no working with her, no talking to her, no warning. She was gone. When Tracy and Kiki return from their trip, there's a surprise knock on the door. And it's the police. The police show up to Tracy's front door with a court order, you know, kind of out of nowhere for Tracy. Tracy's not expecting this. Tracy's mother, Colleen Gibbons, had told Child Protection Services that Tracy is involved in an incestuous relationship with her uncle, Tim McNamara. And, you know, CPS, Child Protective Services, is concerned for the well-being of Tracy's daughter, Kiki, and showed up to take custody of the child. Now, Tracy's mother and other family members had conspired together to have Kiki removed immediately while she was away on her trip. And this could be, if it's good for Kiki, then I want to encourage that. But part of me also feels like this is so traumatic to do to a child that it would be very Mm -hmm. hard to recover from. And it feels like the ultimate betrayal here from her own family in a lot of ways. Right. I'm a little surprised at how quickly uh, the the institution was able to react in this case because I feel like there are a lot of cases of abuse or neglect where it takes like a lot of of reports and flagging and corroboration in order to actually remove a child from their parents guardianship right so that is surprising to me sure now to make the matters even more excruciating when Tracy's ex-husband Chris shows up to pick up Kiki Tracy tells him that she has no plan to leave the relationship with Tim no matter what? And the key words here are kind of no matter what. I mean, that's huge. Essentially, Tracy mm-hmm. is choosing this man, her uncle, over her own daughter. 
And remember, mm-hmm. she was married to Kiki's father, Chris, for eight years. I mean, that's nothing to kind of sneeze at either. That's a lifetime in and of itself. Tracy's life is falling apart for Tim, for this incestuous relationship for Tim. I mean, it does yeah. seem to me a little bit here, like Tracy cares more about Tim than her own daughter, Kiki, at this point. Yeah, it's definitely disturbing. And it's it's another big old red flag and and another part of an abusive relationship and cycle like the first yeah. step for an abuser is to try to love bomb uh their victim make them feel like they're special and this this bond that the two of them have is is special and otherworldly and something they could never have with anybody else and, and then, then isolate them right and, and separate then exactly them. isolation from friends and family and make it feel like nobody else understands then also like a shifting of a moral compass or you know gaslighting in that way so he's just really ticking all the boxes so it kind of makes sense from from that standpoint, what Tracy's reaction is because Tim has orchestrated it for this to be her reaction and her choice. Right. And you obviously have experience just working in this field for a lot. So what you're saying is this is kind of like textbook in a lot of ways. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. None of it is overly surprising, but it does feel sort of textbook given your experience of, of dealing, you know, with abusive relationships right. in a lot of ways, professionally, obviously. Now, right. Tracy does end up losing her daughter. And on Thanksgiving Day, Kiki went away with her dad and custody is now fully transferred. And Tracy spoke publicly about this heart-wrenching moment. It was very difficult because she and I were very, very close. She and I had this bond that was beautiful, very beautiful. I mean, man, you can just hear the pain in her voice. Obviously, this is a loss for her. Whether or not she said the right thing or she chose Tim over her, clearly she's upset about this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after losing Kiki, there's just nothing keeping Tracy in North Carolina. So she finally does what I think we all saw coming and moves to Soap Lake to be with Tim. So she kind of moves back from where she was brought up. And the consequences of their forbidden relationship begin to grow when no one in their community accepts them or talks to them. So Tim is now on Tracy's side of things and a little bit of feeling uh, isolated from the rest of the crew here. Mm -hmm. Tracy's old high school friends made fun of the rumors and Tim was belittled and labeled as a disgusting person. This is a small town. So once everyone kind of knows about this, they're just shaming them left and right. And it gets Mm -hmm. to the point where the town insults and ridicules them and makes it uncomfortable to just step out for groceries. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Part of me feels like this is wrong to do, though. Like, I don't know. If you're not violating, if you're not harming. Now, take just the daughter out of it for a moment. If you're not Mm -hmm. violating anybody's rights here and it's a consensual relationship, albeit icky, albeit unethical, Mm-hmm. Should the public shame them in this hometown for it? And so they feel uncomfortable buying groceries? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if we can even bring should into it. It's right. just that is kind of a fact of when you break what is one of our last sexual taboos as a society, not saying that we should obliterate those taboos because I think like there does need to be a line somewhere when it comes to like pedophilia or or incest or whatever. Um, But I just think it's – I can't imagine their community reacting – differently, if that makes sense. And so it's very predictable that this is how people are going to react. And the fact that Tracy and Tim are surprised by this is 
is is interesting. And I think that, you know, they, they had options. Like, if they wanted to, they can leave this community and live more anonymously together and probably not deal with some of these issues. Like, that is an option for them. Yes. Um, yeah, that's I a think good point. Tim is probably also pretty surprised at his own loss of status. And so that's probably a powder keg for him. So Tim and Tracy decide to shut down the ranch and make a fresh start. The two leave Soap Lake behind and purchase a plot of land in Belize, Central America, with plans to build a bed and breakfast. There mm-hmm. they see the vision of their new life and build their first home together. Tim says he's thinking of building a canopy and hopes she would get married with him there. That's right. Tim has proposed to Tracy, his niece. So Tracy says yes. No one knew that we were uncle and niece. It was our opportunity to live out our lives, love one another as a couple by the people that we met in Belize and be who we were regardless of what society said we were. After the wedding, the harsh realities of their new life begin to set in with starting a new business in a foreign country. They start struggling financially because the bed and breakfast was taking more money to start up than expected. And life sort of kind of catches up with Tracy, who misses her daughter Kiki as well. She's kind of in this lust, you know, fantasy land. And now real life is kind of hitting her. Right. And, you know, another struggle they didn't have to worry about in the U.S., shooting off wildlife. Oh, wow. And, you know, Tim, he has to constantly go outside and shoot off a gun to scare away any jaguars or mountain lions I mean, okay, you know, he gets to live happily with his niece, but he's fighting off jaguars. Not sure there's a trade-off there, but okay. And I don't love the idea of a gun in this home. Uh, yes, yes, it does. Especially with the mental health issues kind of going on and maybe mm-hmm. the, the depression cloud overhanging. It doesn't seem like a really good, safe place to have a, a weapon. But mm-hmm. knowing they can't afford their new life or go back home to their old life, they begin to feel the pressure of their forbidden love. It's catching up to them now. One Christmas day brings a new low, reminding them just how lonely the two actually are. Christmas should, of course, be a happy day, but the two are feeling sad without their families and children. Tim had been exchanging emails with his children, and some had been wistful on both sides. I cried a lot that day. I missed my family, my boys, my daughter. And he asked me, he said, do you regret anything? And I said, no, I don't regret anything at all. I just miss her. I miss them. And so, you know, the lust is kind of worn down now. And now it's just them day after day. And so it's just, it's it's starting to catch up with them, like I said. And while Tracy goes to wash the dishes, she hears Tim grab the gun to shoot for mountain lions. This is kind of just... A routine thing, nothing crazy, as we sort of said before. But that's when she hears the shot. And when she goes to go check on what's going on, she finds Tim laying on the floor with a mortal gunshot wound. And Tracy obviously begins screaming for help while holding Tim. A woman passes by and goes to get the police. They call 911. 
Police eventually arrive and ask her to remove herself from Tim, but she was so attached that she didn't even want to. In those heartbreaking moments, I mean, Tim is really, for better or for worse, all she has left at this point. It was a woman that I said, Tim has shot himself. And she said, it's okay, I will call 911. And so the police, the forensics came. They told me that I had to um, remove myself from Tim. And I said, no, I wasn't gonna do that because I had to keep it warm. Okay, so regardless of what you think about the relationship between these two, just take the love aspect of it. I mean, this has to be horrible. Not only are you isolated mm-hmm. completely in Belize with no family, no daughter, no real friends, but the love of your life is dead. I mean, this has to be just a, an unimaginable loss. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's uh, it's a traumatic moment yes. for anyone, and, and she's already gone through so much, so it's really just a compounded drama, I, I would imagine. Yeah. And I'm sure in her mind, she's kind of wondering what even happened. I mean, he goes out to mm-hmm. shoot, you know, the wildlife game and protect them all the time. And then all of a sudden he's he's hurt. What went down? So Tracy contacts Tim's children and informs them of his sudden death. Shortly thereafter, Tracy is called to the local police station for questioning. And at first, Tim's death is ruled a suicide. But suspicions definitely begin to grow towards Tracy and her story. The police begin to pin this as a crime as opposed to a suicide because Tim's gunshot was from the back of the head, which tends to not be a suicide. It's usually hard to commit suicide through the back of your skull. Not saying it's impossible, but unlikely. And Mm. this is where, you know, things hit a bizarre turn here. According to Tracy, the police officer begins to question her about the money Tim owed him specifically. Tracy, at this point, is just baffled and doesn't know anything about it. I mean, here she's trying to tell her side of the story, and this police officer's kind of strong-arming her about money Tim owed him. And the authorities in Belize don't charge Tracy with Tim's murder, but she remains under suspicion. Tracy flees Belize and returns to Tim's farm that they left behind in Soap Lake. Wow. Lot to process here. She's ba- she's bouncing, Kenyon. She's bouncing, uh, you I know. Mean- don't blame her for that. I don't think that anybody wants to uh, stick around, be, be accused of a capital offense in a foreign country. That sounds yes. scary. Uh, yes. Yeah. It, it surely feels unsafe for Tracy at this point, I think. And a few months later, Caleb, Tim's, Tim's son here, receives his dad's will that states he left the entire farm and life insurance policies to Tracy and to no one else in his family, which... Money is always a major concern here, and Tracy claims that she didn't know she was the beneficiary of everything. And while Tim's children begin to confront Tracy, that she had exploited him financially for her own gain. So this was sort of like, mm-hmm. the kids are thinking that Tracy's, this was her plan all along to kind of do this. Caleb mm-hmm. and Jennifer later come by the house for a month and a half straight, trying to convince Tracy into splitting everything three ways. But Tim's estate is large, and his children were determined to fight for the rights to it since they were left with nothing. And the children accuse Tracy of murdering their father, and she must pay. Do you think that the kids are sort of entitled to this? I mean, just even if he didn't have Tracy, he could have left it to a charity. This is a primary concern for the adult children, and I do kind of see where they're coming from. I think splitting it into three ways probably does make sense. Um, But at the same time, Tracy is not legally 
obligated to give them anything. And that's just kind of how the cookie crumbles sometimes. I I do think it probably would have eased tensions had she decided to split it three ways, or at least Mm -hmm. this would have been sort of, but also she felt abandoned by Caleb and Jennifer her entire life. So she's probably thinking she owes them nothing in a lot of ways. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Caleb and Jennifer at this point are just convinced that Tracy has murdered their father. So they take things to another level and obtain the police reports and build a case against Tracy. In these forensic files, the results show that Tracy's blouse was analyzed front and back and that blood was splattered on her blouse right after the time of the shot to the entry wound. So remember, Tracy's story is that she was doing dishes, heard the gun go off outside, which wouldn't really put her near the scene of the crime, certainly in the same area, but not necessarily at the scene, uh, because, you know, at least not close enough to have that kind of blood spatter. And she was hugging on him when she found him. So, you know, there must have been other evidence. There clearly is other evidence, you know, indicating that she was within close proximity. It's no it's no shock that she had blood on her, considering she was really trying to keep him warm in, in a way. So this could just be, you know, one of those kind of weird timing things. You know, Caleb and Jennifer know their father was shot in the back of the head and that no one committing suicide would do that. It does seem a little unlikely. But it also showed on the report that there was a possibility that the gun didn't fall, but was rather placed on the ground where it was found. So meanwhile, one day as Tracy was leaving the grocery store, a police officer follows her and asks for her ID. And the officer tells her that she's wanted for murder. Okay, I freak out if, like, cops are behind me when I'm driving, but if a cop approaches me when I'm getting out of my car into a place I don't like to see a cop, I'm peeing my pants, Kenyon. Even going through, like, the airport TSA knowing that I don't have any contraband on me, I'm still, like, breaking into a sweat. So, no, not... Right. Like, don't pull over my luggage with my clothes (laughs) and, and tampons in it. I do not want that. Thank you so much. Please don't. Yes. Okay, so as the officer runs the check on Tracy's name, there's actually no warrant against her at all, and she's sort of set to go free. It turns out that a grocery store worker saw a fake Interpol warrant online and alerted the authorities. So Hmm. this is the ultimate fake news, and this is just kind of terrible here, but Caleb and Jennifer hire a law firm in Seattle and get an aggressive lawyer to build a case against Tracy. The law firm begins to issue press statements to the small towns with Tracy's picture in big red letters for an Interpol warrant. But it was just a lie. There is no such thing as an Interpol warrant. So this is Mm. kind of this this scare tactic, if you will. Now, Tracy finds out that the lawyer distributed a fake arrest warrant in the Soap Lake area and that Tim's children also filed an unlawful death lawsuit against Tracy using the evidence they found in Belize. So Tracy's lawyer rejects the findings on the forensic report and any other evidence they use to build their case against Tracy. In fact, it's revealed that the forensic examiner confuses the right hand and the left hand, which is a very big mistake. The examiner also mentioned that there's blood spatter on Tracy's T-shirt, but instead it was actually blood transfer, which was Mm -hmm. likely from her holding his body when she found him. So that mm-hmm. would make sense, and that wouldn't necessarily place her at the at the scene of the crime yeah, at that place. Exactly. So get this. After further investigation, the forensic examiner was found guilty of falsifying evidence in another case. So mm. this guy's bad news all around. This is this is not great evidence to solidify a case here. This casts even more doubts on this particular evidence report. Of course, this now means that the truth of what happened to Tim may never truly be known. And the last emails Tim ever sent were on the day that he died. And there were things in those emails that seemed to suggest that Tim had sort of 
given up in one email. He tells his son, Caleb, I sure have loved being your dad. And let alone we know he had suicidal ideations beforehand. So Mm -hmm. this is this is not uh, a a nice text, I think, to receive. Mm -hmm. He becomes kind of wistful and sends old pictures to his children. There's a lot of indication that he may be close to the end of his life one way or another, as sad as that is. Uh, Tracy's legal battle with Tim McNamara's children is still an ongoing battle to this day. Tracy has not given up hopes of reuniting with her daughter Kiki and is still living on the ranch in Soap Lake. So mm-hmm. let's, this is the case. I mean, we don't really know what happened to Tim. Is it possible that he committed suicide? Yes. Um Is anything illegal kind of going on? I mean, there's so many kind of questionable choices, but in the end, no one was charged for the death of Tim. And and Kenyon, I want to get sort of your thoughts on all of it, because to me, the thing that sticks in my mind is a little bit of A, the, you know, forensic evidence was completely botched and B, the police officer coming to her in the parking lot. Well, first off, the police officer questioning that Tim owed him money. And then the police officer approaching her in the grocery store parking lot with a fake warrant. Like, that just doesn't... That seems sketch. Definitely uh, the... I can understand Caleb and Jennifer wanting more information about the sudden death of their father in another country. I can understand that. I can understand them hiring a lawyer and trying to get as much information as they can out of Belize uh, and and building a case against Tracy, who they already have, you know, such strong feelings against. I understand that. I don't understand the choices that their counsel then made with issuing this bizarre, fake, warrant, wanted post. But to your point, it doesn't make them look credible for them issuing this warrant. It doesn't make me empathetic towards these children. Right. I it's a it's a bad choice. I I don't know if they signed off on that particular tactic or not, but it was a bad choice. And also like you're, what do you hope to gain from that? Because it's going to be uncovered that there isn't an actual warrant out for this person. So really, it's just a form of harassment and right. not actually advancing your case. I don't know. I don't know what to think about it. I mean, obviously, Tracy's not been charged with a crime. No one's been charged with his murder. But there are. it's highly likely that he probably committed suicide. But the back of the head seems to make me think not. I wonder right. if there was another hunter out there that maybe shot him. But can we even trust the back of the head? I don't. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's just a sad story all around. I mean, the story of betrayal kind of took us to a place I never really thought we would go, Kenyon. I hope you finished your bottle of wine, but I do want to <laughs> thank soon. you. I will soon. Yeah, you will soon. I know. I know it. Uh, I believe in you. But Kenyon, thank you so much for joining us today on today's disturbing and heart-wrenching episode. Your your insight and your expertise were just really, you know, filled in a lot of the blanks that we had here. Kenyon, where can people find you online and listen to you, listen to your mellifluous Minnesotan (laughs) accent? (laughs) Well, if folks like, uh, you know, a mixture of wine and true crime and Minnesotan accents and and have a really dark sense of humor, they can check out (laughs) Wine and Crime podcast. We're available wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, Our website is wineandcrimepodcast.com. We are on most of the social medias as at Wine and Crime Pod. I'm at Kenyon Lang on Twitter and at Kilo178 on Instagram. You are a beautiful person. I can't wait to go hunting with you soon, Kenyon. <laughs> 
Uh, it's going to be maybe a very, target shooting. Maybe do target that. shooting. Maybe cans <laughs> in the wild at first. But uh, thank you to you, and thank you for everyone who is listening. I'll see you on another episode of Betrayal. For fan reactions and more, head over to crimefeed.com slash podcasts. And for more true crime TV like this, be sure to download the Discovery Plus app today. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.